Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Damel and the Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. I actually heard former ASU guard Trent Lockett subscribe, so you should as well. I don't have a ton to say on Trent Lockett, but he was pretty random. Uh, if, if I do say so myself, Trent Lockett, former former Sun Devil. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feat is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. We got the shark back in in the rotation. His first regular season appearance of the year. Good to have you back, Shark. How we doing? Big big end of the week, or I should say, weekend upcoming for you. Just chopping wood right now. I appreciate you you hopping on and, and powering through this what Monday through Thursday before the vacation starts. Well, I did have Columbus Day off. Let's 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 factor that in. I didn't realize and, that that indigenous is. indigenous people's day. Eh, we're no, we're gonna stick with Columbus Day. Um, you, we shouldn't be canceling people from the 1400s at this point. You know, let's. He discovered the new world. He's an icon for Italian Americans. Um, to the extent that people are offended by that, I mean, I, I guess it's a thing. But where were you ten years ago? You know, why is this an issue right now? Columbus Day has been around forever. 
still people still recognize it. I had it off this year. It was a phenomenal day. Watched a few films on Netflix, kicked the feet up. Great day. Well, the question is, did you watch you, me and Dupree? Because that's where what's your policy on Columbus Day is. And uh, one of our loyal listeners, Andrew Fleming, <laughs> unloaded the chopper basically after you quoted you, me and Dupree. Yeah, and he's the guy's just constantly looking for a fight. You know, he's ready to fight on anything. And he came in hot, much like Taylor just did right here with the Indigenous People Day. Um, again, I, 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 I see the other side. I, I still don't think that Columbus is should be offending people today. Um, I believe in everything is relative to time frames. I subscribe to that theory. But Fleming came in hot, and I just had to tell him, hey, I mean. Look, guy, I'm just quoting you, me, and Dupree over here, minding my business. All right. He asked the question. I, it's a great quote. He gets in there basically saying, you know, I'm a one speed guy. I'm a work to live, not a live to work kind of guy. I, uh, if you're looking for a Clydesdale, I'm not your guy. Incidentally, what's your policy on Columbus Day? The guy says in response, we work. In response to that, he's the discoverer of the new world. If you're looking for a Clydesdale, I'm probably not your, your man. Like, I don't live to work it's more the other way around i work to live um incidentally what's your policy on columbus day yeah we we work really the guy discovered the new world afraid to even ask about victory over japan day hey we tried right thanks a lot it's a great scene uh, very lighthearted, great film as well. Dupree t- today, Mike, get some criticism for his response to that, to be honest with you. Dupree had a lot well, of flaws, though. No, I mean, exactly. And that movie probably came out, what, 15 years ago? I mean, it's like a punchline in the movie 15 years ago. It's not like Christopher Columbus came back from the dead in the past 15 years and you know rocked the nation where you can't make a joke with Owen Wilson about it 15 years ago, and now you're changing the name. It's just, I mean, like... It, this is, does kind of tie into what my takes on Greg Marshall is going to be as well. So I'm sure that's going to be a hot topic of discussion here. But the retroactive callbacks here are very frustrating, uh, especially when you have – Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. So go to the next topic. I was just going to say I didn't think we'd be able to – or we were going to touch so – vividly on on columbus day here indigenous people's day uh but yeah why don't we dive into greg marshall as a matter of fact because that was the big news that rocked the college basketball world last week and even a little bit into this week and so i think taylor last episode you basically said anything that keeps college basketball relevant especially when there's no games being played uh, is good and to your point it is fodder for us to discuss here on the show but these allegations are troubling, very much like, uh, very much like uh, deeds. Wait a second, and Mr. I know you're. Uh, I know you're trying to give an assist here, but is the take really anything that keeps college basketball relevant is good? Well, is that well, it is, I yeah. Mean, yeah, any, yeah, anything that like we anything. Talk, I mean, it, like, well, it, no, not like. Oh, this guy. Obviously, there's like levels to this, yeah. right? Well, I, I just like want to. Yeah, I want to. See where, where the limit. I would say I would say the limit the limit is like a death. Okay, I mean that's not, that's not a good. Thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so like the, I, I think the, the, I think we Baylor should be able to the Baylor basketball program a long time ago when that happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no death. Okay, so that that's where we're setting the limit at. All right, anything oh, well, short I mean, of an unspeakable tragedy. I, oh, yeah, I would go a little bit 
I wouldn't put the threshold at death. I'd probably go with like a crime, anything terrible in that regard. You know, sexual serious assault crime. allegations. A serious like, crime. Like, yeah. yeah, a serious crime. Right. No, I mean, okay. considering my considering my, yeah, no, considering I, my don't want, I just don't want the stance of the program to be that anything that happens in college basketball it's good for the sport. I, that's I, where that's where the shark has his moral high ground. That's his stance. <laughs> but but Indigenous Peoples Day, what are you what are you getting so upset about? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the shark right there. <laughs> I, I, I uh, disagree. I, I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, but it is giving us something to talk about at the very least. I mean, we just came off of 50 straight uh, college basketball teams that we ranked, but now we're actually talking real real topics, obviously not on the court. Uh, actually, was on the court with what Greg Marshall was doing on the, on the practice court. And so these allegations are troubling after reading the article. Taylor, I'm going to pause there, open it up to you first. Just let's start with initial thoughts on the article and uh, some of what Greg Marshall is being accused of doing. Well, he, what he sounds accused of doing is seems like kind of like a, a modern day Bob Knight situation uh, at, at the end of his time there at Indiana. Now he caught shit for that. What Bob Knight did, that was already like 20 years ago now. So you can only imagine what doing this type of stuff um, now it is considered to be, uh, you know, so some of the things that he's accused of doing is uh, not only shoving Shaq Morris, but punching him as well, uh, which that's pretty extreme. Uh, punching a player is not ideal. Um, I think it was a sucker punch too. I mean, it's, it's never good to actually just punch the player, but a sucker punch is no, it's, it's frowned upon. Um, another allegation states that he choked one of his assistant, assistant coaches, um, which hit the assistant coach denied, but I kind of feel like that's a completely random accusation to make about, you, you know, I mean, like it had, that's got to come from somewhere. It, there's got to be something there. I don't, that's just would be a random thing to make up in my opinion. Um, a couple racially insensitive mark remarks about uh, Colombians, native Americans, and actually white people and a kind of black people at the same time. Uh, so yeah, not a good look. And in my opinion, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, when it comes to like, well, we've already seen the fallout from it, right? Like everybody bailed last year. So we've already seen the first half of the fallout. I guess the second half of the fallout was either you get fired, uh, you get suspended, or you eventually get fired because you aren't going to be able to recruit anymore because who's going to be like, oh yeah, I'd love to go to a place where a coach is going to like make fun of my race and also potentially punch me in the head, you know? So if he's not fired now, it's going to be, in my opinion, at some point. Uh, and even though it, if it's not now, it will be considered quote unquote performance based. That performance will be based off the fact that like his whole recruiting prowess and ability to coach his players is probably going to completely change from here going forward. Shark, what are your thoughts on uh, Greg Marshall here in this story? I'm just going to list some facts, I'll list a few facts here, and we can kind of have our takes on the facts after the fact. Well, a lot of, using, a lot of facts. usage of the worst facts right there. Someone get this boy at the source. So after the NCAA tournament, we have the mass exodus of all the players on Wichita State. They all announce that they're going to transfer. Um, nobody knows why. Jeff Goodman begins his investigation like he's in the spotlight crew of the Boston Globe to figure out why these kids are transferring somewhere along the lines. He comes along with, uh, with Shaq Morris who played on the, I think he was on the 2000, whatever. Here's a fact. 
Shaq Morris played for four years at Wichita State. He was a red shirt for one of those years. He stayed there in the program the entire time. He started nearly every game that he played there. If these things were actually happening, what I can't seem to grasp from the story is why everyone is so afraid to say something about Greg Marshall. Is he have, does he have their finger? Is, does he control the European basketball circuit that he, these players that play at Wichita state can't get jobs or opportunities after the fact, does he have them under some sort of non-disclosure agreement? Is he paying them out under the table? Why are these grown men for all intents and purposes that spend four years at a program? Why are they so shy or nervous or scared to come out and say something against Greg Marshall? Now there have been plenty of players that played for Wichita state, Predominantly in the year before Shaq Morris, uh, you look at Clee Anthony Early, a few of those other guys that were on the Ron Baker team. None of the NBA players are actually saying something right now. So Van Vliet and uh, Shemette, they're not saying anything. But players from the that run, you know, the Wichita State run when they beat Gonzaga, they've come out and defended Greg Marshall and said, pretty much took this stance that, uh, uh, are we really getting offended over mean words right now? Now, to the stuff, the allegations, the the racial insensitivities, I I think that is definitely a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if he did say that. This is the guy that lives off of the mantra, play angry. He's certainly an angry man. That's where he got his mark from. Um, And if he said those things, he should be punished for it. I don't know if he admitted to saying that. I don't know if he kind of just chalked that into his personality and who he is. But to claim that there was an intentional punch, an assault on a basketball court, And all these people witnessed it and then decided not to say anything out of fear of retribution, especially in an era where you can transfer pretty readily. What is keeping Shaq Morris at the school for four years? What is keeping these other people that were so intimidated to not speak up in that culture there for four years? And there is this kind of this sentiment just because people have tweeted about it, that this actually happened. Uh, Wichita State initiated their own internal investigation into the facts here. So reading a tweet from... uh, I guess reporters that have their own motivation for their story to go viral, i.e. Jeff Goodman reading a tweet from people that want there to be pushback on college basketball and accepting that as a fact are two entirely different things. We don't know if this happened. If it did happen, maybe it'll get validated and you know he should be punished for it. But to automatically jump to the conclusion that Jeff Goodman is throwing haymakers in his practice over the past decade when nobody said anything in real time, I think is something that needs to be questioned. And it would get questioned when, before you hold accountability over someone and they'll jump to the conclusion of saying that he did it. So I appreciate that take. I have to pick a few holes there and, and just – offer up some some of my differences in, in, th- in a thought process here. So uh, especially in college, right, there's this hierarchy, if you will. I mean, there's this power structure in, in terms of who's your who your coach is, right? That's Marshall versus just a player. It's not easy as a player in the moment to just come out during that time. I mean, and if you think about it, Shark, if I'm a, if I'm a player in college and I can transfer, I understand there might be some other circumstances as well that we don't True. know about w- with, with Shaq Morris, with any other players. Um, but I would also say that if you come out and say and speak ill of what is typically supposed to be kept in-house, that's probably not going to be very favorable for you to whatever destination you want to go to. As much as, as it's an ugly truth of the matter, do coaches, do other players want a guy who just put his – 
put his head coach out on blast for lack of a better term. Right. So that might be another reason why Shaq Morris and these other guys might have said, hey, let me finish up my career and then I'll say what I have to say about Greg Marshall. To your point about uncovering the facts and the details, I do agree on that. But some of at this point, if I were to form my own opinion based on only what's readily available, and that's that article, uh, I would say that I, I would lean more towards this. These actually happening for two big reasons. One, you've mentioned it. We've seen Greg Marshall act insane. As a matter of fact, there is a clip of him, I think, in a pregame or excuse me, a, a, a preseason game um, where he just goes insane. I mean, like to the past the point of let me just make a scene to, in order to maybe get kicked out by the refs and then fire up my team. He, he literally looked like he was on the verge of a breakdown. Um, and we've seen Greg Marshall like you said, he has this mantra of play angry, but I think a lot of people within the business and even outside of it have said he takes it too far. So that's one damning uh, observation, I guess. Again, none of this is, you can't necessarily directly correlate it, but I think you can infer based on that behavior. And in addition to what Taylor brought up, the bunch of transfers and schools lose lose out and, and lose players to transfers. But having known this, and we're so close to the college basketball game. Even guys like us were raising our eyebrows saying, what the hell is happening in Wichita State? Especially because you have this outside view of Wichita State, which is one of the best mid-major programs over the past decade, based large in part due to Greg Marshall's coaching and also the players, and they've reached a Final Four. So you say to yourself, why are these guys leaving? Why are they leaving uh, such an established program? And so it did raise a lot of questions, and these – you know, th this article has uncovered allegedly the, the, the driving factor <laughs> into some of these players leaving. So those are some of my thoughts on, on your response. And then also my take on the Greg Marshall situation. Now, the next point is, will he be fired? Will he be suspended? Are there going to be any repercussions? And I'm, I'm apprehensive to be reactionary. I'm apprehensive to jump to conclusions about what's going to happen because not two, three years ago, we saw with a lot of coaches and a lot of programs this, uh, this, this, the scandal, right? The cheating scandal that was supposed to completely bring down college basketball. In the grand scheme of things, if you take a step back and look at it at a high level holistically, not much happened. And so I think, especially in a small town like Wichita, where in, in a state where basketball is king, Greg Marshall and a lot of these college basketball coaches are Teflon. I'm not saying he's just going to get the benefit of the doubt because these allegations may be untrue, but I would not be shocked if absolutely nothing happens uh, to, to Greg Marshall. So, Sue, I'm going to kind of disagree, not disagree with you, but I don't think that the two, uh, the situations you brought up with the FBI and this are uh, comparable situations. Uh, you could argue that those people that were alleged to cheat were doing it not in towards any ill will towards the players specifically, and also just trying to kind of save their own jobs in a way or trying to better the program. Whereas if you're racially making fun of people and you're punching your own players, allegedly you're that's not for the benefit of anyone, but yourself, you, you know, and sure there's the argument that uh, those coaches quote unquote cheated or didn't cheat for the betterment of themselves. That's sure. But it wasn't at the, um, What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't vilifying their own players or it wasn't putting their own players down or causing physical harm to their own players. So I'm not sure that in terms of firing one guy or another, then those two situations can be comparable. Um, 
but I will say, I, I guess my biggest thought is kind of what yours is, though. And whether this all happened or not is, is in the end, going to be kind of a, uh, a mute point in that more like, can you unring this bell? That is, if you get this uh, kind of persona or, your, or this, uh, you know, these rumors or whatever that are known about you, can you unring that bell? And how do you unring that bell? And I, I just personally don't think that they, as a program or Greg Marshall as a coach, can just simply bounce right back to this because their recruiting competition and everything they have already is, is already tough enough given their current state of the program. If you're a program in turmoil and you're not one of the quote unquote name programs of the country, I just don't see how you bounce back from an allegation like this. I want to open this up back to the shark though, because you had mentioned that there were some players that had spoken up defending Greg Marshall. And I'm not trying to fact check you or, or, or put you out on front street. Uh, who like were there, who were some of those players? What were some of the quotes like that, that you had read? Uh, I know Clean Anthony early did. Um, especially in regards to, I mean, I can start Clay Anthony early and someone else on that team. I was reading about it beforehand uh, where they basically kind of just went to his defense and Taylor brings up a great point and I'll look at it, look it up at some point during this break here, but um, you know, you can't unring this bell, which is unfortunate because you can't also prove that this ever happened. That's the brutal reality of this right now. Nobody can go back in time and maybe video does surface of it, but this is always going to be a, he said, he said. Marshall's going to say that I was in the context of coaching my team. Uh, I was never intentional. If I did hit him in the face or if I did choke someone, it was me just being fired up. I would never intentionally do that to my players. And, you know, Shaq Morris, on the other hand, is going to say that it was intentional and I didn't say anything in real time for the reasons that I've articulated. And no one's going to ever know. Uh, but what everyone does know right now is that tweets are circulating saying that he did punch him and this is what happened. And now his career is probably going to be ruined for it. If you were to go back in time, maybe he deserves it. If he did do it, we won't know. Um, it would have been nice if people would have reported it in real time and it could have been investigated in real time. And maybe that was stifled by the small town basketball atmosphere that you referenced their father, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, these are assistant coaches letter, uh, allegedly getting choked out. You're telling me the assistant coach doesn't want to say anything. What happens to kind of protecting the players on the team? What other, I, I just don't think that a college basketball program is one where it's such a protect your guys scenario. Uh, and this is coming off on the heels of the Rutgers basketball firing of Mike Rice, which happened in 2013. So this allegedly happened just two years after that. And you're telling me all these people are just going to be quiet if they're witnessing it. What I think, and I, I won't even tell you what I think. I'll, I'll just tell you, you have these moments in time. You have these facts that align. Mass exodus from the team at the beginning of the year. Let's figure out why. Let's ask people from that played on the team in the recent years if there's any dirt that you can give me. Oh, here's a little bit of dirt from this guy. He's not going to go on the record. Here's a little bit more dirt from that guy. He's not going to go on the record. Let me get dirt from a bunch of anonymous sources and then two people out of all the people that Goodman interviewed were the only ones that were willing to put their name to it and they're claiming a punch and what uh, something else. I don't know the motivation of what if maybe the relationship after Shaq Moore spent four years at Wichita State, maybe it soured, maybe he didn't get the opportunities he thought, maybe he was overplayed, not used properly. I don't know. But when you look at how all these things align, it's weird. And to think that the players aren't empowered enough to not speak up if, if they're put in that position, I don't know. I would like to think that college basketball players, especially in a program that 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 is that big, that isn't under, you know, 
that is on the national spotlight, uh, they would either leave the program or kind of say something if they had to, especially for the assistant coaches, especially for the assistant coaches that leave the program after the fact and go to other schools. I mean, you see that what they got Chris Jans, uh, New Mexico State after the fact. So uh, it's it's weird. Um, there's really going to be no happy ending out of this. Like, I mean, what's Greg Marshall going to get other than most likely fired for it? And Wichita State may suffer for it for a long time, like a lot of these schools do when they have scandals like this. It's funny. I think a lot of us so, are going back and forth in terms of what we agree on in terms of certain sections of this story and what we disagree on. And so I think I'm disagreeing with you, Shark, on uh, some of how, the, how these players handled it and what, what they were supposed to do in the moment. But in terms of what you said, Greg Marshall is probably going to get fired. And I don't know if that's necessarily what you think is going to happen. Um, I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be just fine for uh, these reasons right here. Because he's built such a great program in Wichita, because it's a small town, because he, he in effect, runs the, the city of Wichita, I would say. Um, and because, you know, like you had mentioned, there's – there is going to be this element of he said, she said. And so I also think the timing of this is in Greg Marshall's favor. Again, the fact that we have to sort of break these down and take these as pieces of criteria as to whether or not it's going to help his employment status or not, it, it kind of makes me feel gross. But that's the reality of the situation. Because if players, if we're, if, if we're playing games, if college basketball is the, is the main focus of, of the sporting world, which it absolutely is not right now. I mean, it's the main focus for us. This might blow over in about a week and a half. And when I say blow over, I mean, you know, this was this was reaching national media coverage uh, last week when it broke. Now it's more of just us us talking about it. So I think there's a variety of reasons why I just don't think Greg Marshall should really be that fearful for his job. So I just want to point out one other part of the story, which is not very positive at all. Uh, apparently, when the day that he that Marshall allegedly punched Shaq Morris was also the day that he told Shaq Morris that his mom was diagnosed with cancer or that he told Greg Marshall that his mom was diagnosed with cancer. That's not an ideal situation. If that's it, if that is all true, obviously the cancer part is true, but if the punching part on that same day is true, no matter what happened practice, you could see why a player would be a little more upset than maybe normal. Again, we weren't there. Don't know, but I'm going to actually take the opposite approach of what you just said about why he might be safe. I think what a perfect year to fire a guy like Greg Marshall. It, this is like not a real year of college basketball where there's like real recruiting going on or real anything, you, you know, it, it would be a perfect time to do it, save the program money, which isn't like the biggest deal in the world, but it, it could be a way to do it. And talk about not having to worry about catching flack for firing a guy for any reason by the time the, the quote unquote, back to normal college basketball season would be going on. So like 14 months from now, 15 months from that. Now there's going to be so much coach movement that this whole story will be lost in the, Oh, Greg Marshall's not at Wichita state. Well, that's not surprising because there's literally 30 different coaches that we knew this year that aren't at the other places that we didn't see. Cause I'm sure just like all the other sports that we've seen, um, that ratings will most likely be down and all that type of stuff for this coming college basketball season. So I actually think what it would be a perfect time to, to let Greg Marshall go because it's already such a tumultuous year anyway that it's, it's not going to have, in my opinion, as big of an effect as it would be in a quote-unquote normal year. I'll tell you what. If that does happen, Greg Marshall will be picked up relatively, relatively quickly, I would say. I don't know about that. 
I, I just because if the stink stays with him, it's hard to for at least a major program to side with him. I mean, he might be able to go out to a smaller one that and kind of rebuild it in the same way that I, yeah, but n- probably not on this stage. I, I do have the quotes of the guys that are defending him here. If you will indulge me. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I mean, I'm just looking at one. I was reading a Kentucky sports radio article. They have Nick Wiggins who was on the 2012 and 2013 teams, one, the 13 one going to the final four. He basically said, he had a string of tweets that went out there. The most notable was all the players, writers, reporters lying and saying he was a racist. Cut the shit. I don't know what 30-plus former players and coaches you talk to. Goodman hoops. Uh, Greg Marshall doesn't have a racist bone in his body. And then Clee Anthony Early um, quote tweeted one of them and said, verbal abuse, and he had an emoji with the hand over someone's face. Like nowadays, calling someone soft is verbal abuse. God forbid he curses at a player. Shame on him. Bunch of emojis. Laugh out loud. Shaking my head. I can't with this generation of puss in boots. Crying face emoji. So there's definitely a alternative camp against this right here. And, you know, we're not going to know the answer. We're not going to know the motivations for doing it. Um, But it's unfortunate. Well, you know, despite all of this conversation we've had and the support or from some players and maybe not from others who like Shaq Morris. I think it's important to note that all of this can be true at the same time that just because when these players were there, this didn't happen or they didn't witness this or that. uh, I think it's important that all of these things can be true. Is it likely that they, that they all a hundred percent are true because there has to be some overlap. No, like there has to be some overlap over some of this, but you know, Players in pre-generations, post-generations, before Shaq, after Shaq, whatever, these are all not necessarily all the same people. So uh, almost all of these things can actually be true. I mean, almost all of these things can actually be false in the same theory, but almost all of these things can be true at the same time. And so I think it's important to note that when we read things that are for or against this person, that... And with an election season coming up, this would be a good way to take into your voting, uh, who you're voting for and shit like that, too. But like all of these things can be actually true at the same time. They just certain players may or may not have been there or been around or maybe we don't know the internal discussion of the teams and stuff at that time. So um, despite the fact that there are a lot of things being said bad and a, a number of people who support him, all of these things or most of these things can actually be true all at the same time. Definitely. And this, this allegation, I think essentially what's going to, yeah. You're a little delayed there, father. I was just going to say this allegation by its nature, a, a, an assault that you can't validate from video or any other external evidence. This is just perfect material material for people to be never knowing the answer. Uh, I, I don't like talking about my career too much, but what I do on a big chunk of my work is being able to flush out, you know, what happened in situations like this. And it is a very common allegation that's made and it's nearly impossible to prove because that one person's going to have one side. One person's going to comment on a soft generation. Oh, you shouldn't have been offended by that. The other person's going to say, how dare you not be offended by that? Uh, In my day, this was how we did things. So that's always going to be there and it's never going to go anywhere and we're never going to know. So, Sub, let me interrupt you before you hop in here real quick. There is actually should be video of this, though, because all practices are video. I was just going to say that, too. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, I, I was going to say, I mean, if we were able to see, I'm pretty sure we got grainy-ass footage of Bob Knight choking out that player. So if we were 25 able to see that, years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have a strong feeling that there will be video emerging at some point uh, that will either, I don't know, vindicate Greg Marshall or, or it will pin these allegations on him. Uh, well, I do think it's... Well, and if that's the case, so let's assume that's true. And the tube, I know you're chomping at the bit to say something, but if that's the case, isn't there some type of responsibility on Goodman's front or whoever's reporting all this stuff to at least try to access that information before going and hurling this allegation into the public sphere? I mean, we know what Twitter can do with just something minor and blow it up into epic proportions. But if that's true and you're reaching out to interview all these people, I would hope, you know, maybe he had, uh, he has done this and to, if he has, then to his credit, but let's actually determine whether or not this is captured on film because it sounds like it did happen in practice. So let's validate. It. I suppose that's a good point as well. I don't know if we were necessarily thirsting for any sort of information or any sort of story here. We made it this far without much hullabaloo about college basketball. Goodman potentially could have waited uh, until a year from now, but I'm not, you know, the moral high ground or authority on journalism, even though I did spend a semester or two as a journalism major, then switched to an English major. And that's why you see me or hear me here on this, on this fine program. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not here to determine how exactly Goodman should have approached this because at the end of the day, what he reported, none of it is incorrect, right? Or, or, or what he's reporting isn't, him being a slime ball, I don't think. I mean, I think he's just trying to provide information and the timing of it. You might have an, uh, an argument there, uh, but I mean, th this is just it's it's not a great look, generally speaking. And I think it goes back to your point about ringing the bell. And the only point that I wanted to bring up was I think it's interesting how the very first person we thought of was Bob Knight, um, because there have been some other coaches, assistant coaches that have been. Uh, fired. I think you had referenced Mike Rice, but we all forget about him. But that was the very first person I thought of was Bob Knight and and that uh, that scandal that basically ran him out of Indiana. So the only other thing I want to say about the video is that it's only going to come out from Wichita State if it absolves Greg Marshall. It's never going to come out if like Wichita State's not going to release their video of Greg Marshall punching a guy. Unless the lawyers get involved, and Shark, you would know way more about this than I, unless the lawyers get involved and want to say, oh, you can fire Greg Marshall without having to pay him out. That's the only way that video would come out, in my opinion. Well, my understanding is Shaq Morris is working with a law firm now. That's I, I know Wichita State's doing their own internal investigation, but there's another kind of external investigation going on as well. So there's going to be slants on both sides, no doubt about it. And that's why you got to, as the public, the fact finder, you want to sift through and figure out what's the truth and what's not the truth. And it's probably going to be hey, right down the middle and people are going to jump to their own conclusions. Yet so again. let me, at, yeah, let me ask you guys this then is, okay, so Subi, do you think Greg Marshall coaches another game at Wichita State? Yeah. Shark. Yes, because he'll coach this year, and then okay, yeah. I'll be I'll be the no, I'll be the the uh, contradictor of you two. I think that I I I think that they're going to have to suspend him during this, and that by the time it's all over, he won't be back. Would be my opinion. Watch him get like a Coach K like suspension, or no, 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 not a Coach K like suspension, a Grayson Grayson Allen type suspension. It'll be it'll be like one game, yeah, against some 
I don't know their first game, but uh, yeah, a, a lot, a lot to be sifted out and and seen here for Wichita State. But we'd be remiss if we didn't touch base on the Greg Marshall uh, situation. And I think it's a great segue because what I want to bring up now, actually, Taylor, last week we did. Uh, familiar faces in not so familiar places. Shark, I want to do the same thing with you, except this is the coach's version. All right. And so what I'm going to do is give you, it's only like three or four coaches, but these coaches that have resurfaced in college basketball, they may have been taking a break in media. They may have been fired, but now they're back for this upcoming season. And you may not have known, and we need to catch the theater goers up on where some of these old heads are. So shark, what I want to do is just give you the coach's name. You got to tell me where they're coaching and then we'll take it from there. How's that sound? Talk to me. Rick Patino. We'll start off easy. Iona. Iona. Indeed. Billy Gillespie. Oh my gosh, that guy's coaching. That guy's coaching. A newly minted Division I basketball program. Uh, and mind you, these are way more obscure than the names and the schools that Taylor had to guess last week. I'll just guess uh, Grand Canyon, something weird like that. Not bad. No, it's Tarleton State, but keep that in the back of your mind. Andy Kennedy. Tar- yeah, Tarleton, Tarleton State. State? Tarleton State. I don't even know where the hell it is. Oh, I know Andy Kennedy. Um, uh, I think it's UAB, Southern School. UAB, final answer. He's got that Southern accent. He can't keep. He can't coach anywhere north of the Mason-Dixon line. And for I think I saw UAB the other day, so I'll go with UAB. That's a hell of an answer. It's UAB, his alma mater. Andy, oh. yeah, nailed it. Andy I Kennedy. Wow. Wow. Incidentally, if, if the chief, if you're listening, you remember it's spring break way back in 2013, leaving Destin to go back to catch the falls in the play-in game against Iowa, Jarnell Stokes, Maiman. We get back right after that game. We leave in the middle of the night. As we enter the state of Tennessee on our way back in, we stopped at UAB just to see the campus, see how it was. Pretty, It was pretty much a dump, but we stopped there. Continue. Andy Kennedy, owner of the most molasses-like voice. I'm going to miss him on SEC Network calling games. It sucks that he's just now going to be in in Birmingham coaching an irrelevant team. But maybe you can bring him back to relevance. Andy Kennedy did a damn good job at Ole Miss. Uh, But I'm going to miss him on the airwaves for sure. Nice little nugget there about UAB. So, yes, Andy Kennedy at UAB. Bryce Drew, where's he now? I have no clue. Um can I, can I just say he's like an assistant with his brother at Baylor? Or is no. he, are these all head coaches? Head coaches, baby. Um, let's send him back to Valparaiso. You know, he's coming home. It's a bad guess. You know, after you pulled UAB out of your ass and then you just – he already coached at Valpo. And then yeah, he went to going, Vandy. Well, I thought he played at Valpo and then – I coached there too. Did he was he the head? Coach? I thought Scott coached at Valpo, and then maybe not. No. Where where was Scott before Baylor? I don't know. I Scott Scott Drew's been at Baylor ever since like we entered puberty. It feels like, but uh, yeah, Bryce Drew. You actually guessed the school name earlier. He's at Grand Canyon, replacing oh, no. Dan Marley. <laughs> I thought Marley was just like the chancellor over there, over like the Pat Riley of Grand Canyon. It's basketball. No, it's so stupid that they fired him, but that's that's 
that's for a whole nother time. But. No, well, that's, but like Grand Canyon was a flash in the pan like five years ago. And everyone, you guys, especially the West Coast guys were like, oh, my God, look what they're doing here. Look at the home court. And they never did anything with it. So in my mind, they're, it's over. It's definitely over if you're bringing in Bryce Drew. Dan Marley, you know, from the from the bird's eye view, you'd think Dan Marley was just had a lifetime contract there, right? For the amount of years that he played with the Suns, how great he was in the NBA. But yeah, he didn't really do much at Grand Canyon University. The reason why we supported GCU was, well, number one, because ASU decides to claim that they're Central Arizona's best team. And then this new guy came up, but also because Rick Patino, this is how you interweave discussion topics rick patino when he was at louisville said this was like the most difficult away game he's ever had to play didn't he say something to that effect Ellie? yeah they only won by like one and then the next week you and i were in per- in person there Subi, when grand canyon beat san diego state the next week uh, yeah it was- but, i mean it's a, it's a for-profit school right so let's not put it past them to bribe patino to say something like that patino is not I mean, he's he's not afraid of a quick buck if he has to get one or to pay out a quick buck. So I wouldn't put that past Grand Canyon just to get that quote out there. Sub, do you think uh, Rick Patino went to Jaguars or Great Alaska Bush Company over there by Grand Canyon's campus uh, before or after their game? Yeah, for those of you who don't know and can probably infer, those are some titty bars down there in, in Phoenix. Uh, he most likely did, celebrating are, a hard-fought are, win in GC. That are by their campus, okay? They're not just strip clubs. They're the ones that are by the campus that I've seen only on a map. Not, I, don't, I haven't seen them in person or anything. I've just heard that they're by the campus over there. Poor Patino's going to get on a roll with Iona and then some allegations or some stories about him coming out of Jaguars are going to resurface and he may have to start over again. But what I want to ask you guys, and Shark, I'll, I'll ask you about first, Rick Patino at, I- at Iona, Gillespie at Tarleton State, Andy Kennedy at his alma mater at UAB, Bryce Drew at Grand Canyon. Do any of these guys have a chance at, at making the tournament just because it's such a weird year? <laughs> Patino, just because he's a Hall of Fame coach, he's probably the, one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. I don't know enough about these terrible schools' schedules right now, though, so it's hard to really see how this is going to play out. Um, I, are all college basketball programs playing? I don't know the answer to that. What What is the automatic qualifiers for the tournament going to be? Is it going to be some random school out of Iona's conference that gets an automatic bid, or are they, are they going to have to play their, their way in? Do we even know the answers to these questions yet? No, absolutely yeah. not. This is these are, this is all just very preliminary at this point. Yeah, uh, in that case, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Rick Pitino over Andy Kennedy if that, or in Billy Gillespie if that's the question. <laughs> um, for whatever it's worth, Grand Canyon is playing University of Nevada this year. That game was not canceled, so maybe that school picks up a random win against like a good school, and people roll with it from there. I'm only saying that because I have their schedule up. I don't have any of these other people's schedules up. So worth diving into at the very least. And at least the wait, is wait, 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 wait. Grand Canyon and Tarleton or Tarleton State play each other. Where oh, the hell baby. is where the, is Tarleton? The displaced State? coaches bowl. <laughs> In Stephenville, Texas. It's going down. February eighteenth. Battle. What a battle right there. That Circle. could be. I mean, I mean, where is, is Tarle- that? Is the displaced coaches poll right there? Steven, Stephenville, Texas. 
course. A lot of good coaches coming out of Stevensville and Texas. Small small schools. I think they're they're purple. Brad Underwood, little Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. Who knows? This could be a redemption story. A so, redemption story for Gillespie. January twenty third, out here in Phoenix, is when Tarleton State comes to Phoenix. So uh, that opportunity to pick up two big wins for either of those new coaches and or new faces in new places, right there. Yeah. Look, as long as the theater goers are now caught up on some of these uh, new coaches in, in different places, I'm glad. So, yeah, uh, just to recap again, Rick Patino in Iona, Billy Gillespie, Tarleton State, Andy Kennedy at his alma mater, UAB, and Bryce Drew at GCU. Uh, another quick note that I want to get to before we round it out with Where Am I and Hugs, a top five senior, Jabari Smith, committed to Auburn, uh, giving the Tigers their highest ranked recruit since 2007. We obviously... Uh, interviewed Burgo last week. And right after that interview, he showed me a screenshot. It was a bit of a flex. Showed me a screenshot of his missed calls. Had a couple of missed calls from John Rothstein. I think his ears were burning because we had talked about Rothstein. And then we also brought up, uh, we brought up the, the, the fact that Alabama got a top five recruit or a big time recruit. And so right after that episode aired, Auburn goes out and does this. And I kind of feel like, I mean, we joke about how, some people hear about us and then X, Y, and Z happens. I really do kind of feel like, uh, you know, people are starting to listen and things we, we put into the atmosphere, what might happen. And, you know, it's a little bit of like a good luck, Chuck, good luck, Chuck, good little theater, except it's the antithesis of that. Right. I mean, we asked Burgo about the recruit at Alabama and now it was good for him that, that Auburn gets a new recruit. So that's, I think we're like good luck, Chuck. What are your thoughts on that, Shark? Love the movie. Um, not not quite understanding the analogy, but I'm rolling with you here. Uh, where it, I think what you're trying to say is, as soon as people encounter us, great things happen to those people. Yet we remain in a very negative stature, status quo. Exactly. I mean, that's Chuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'd prefer to not be Chuck in this scenario, but hey. Well, does he doesn't he end up with Jessica Alba there? He does. So I mean, got to stay I mean, the course. Who's our Jessica Alba? I don't know, the Ringer Pro- or something. No, probably Rothstein. Rothstein is our Alba. Rothstein, right? Well, no, no. We, we got to start thinking about what are we, what are people going to do for us? You know, we're we get we get shows people to come on the show, but you know, we're still Chuck. You know, they go on and they do great things. We need something great to happen to us. I like what Soup's think of the ringer. Someone comes in and says, Hey, let me change your life. And we say, you know what? We'll think about it. And then we wait two weeks and then we counter offer. And then we, we start up. Let it be known. This is no shade to the barn burner podcast network. We love you guys. Oh yeah. I delete that part. No, they'll pick up the whole network. Cause they'll be, it'll, it'll be like the, the uh, I, I, I like got a few going- guys that, uh, <laughs> Like you guys with the bar burner, we could probably let them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like when someone goes to recruit the center, and all of a sudden they see that the point guard's dope, and the and the two guard can shoot, and then the you know, then everybody gets recruited. I like that package deal, like Mike Conley and Greg Oden, right? Or how about who who was it? It was like Marcus Smart and Phil Forte. They were a package deal, if I'm not mistaken. Are are we Phil Forte in this situation? <laughs> Phil yeah. Forte and Chuck. Good luck, Chuck. I never in a million years thought I'd make that connection. I mean, both so, those people are great 
options. So, you know, like the ones you're listing. Greg Oden and Mike Conley were both top five picks. Phil Forte, Marcus Smart were both great college basketball players. We need we need someone that's just an absolute dog that we're dragging along with us. So speaking of recruiting, uh, and hopefully that's positively recruiting because I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see this Wisconsin story about and Nigel Hayes about negative recruiting this week? It made me laugh quite a bit. I mean, the self-sabotage going on is great. Well, remember when Nigel Hayes was there, he started to become like the I'm the smartest guy in the room person towards the end of his career there at Wisconsin. Almost like, the yeah, the guy who is like intentionally putting all of his buddies down to make it seem like he's like better than everybody else, right? Well, so that's what he did when uh, Tyler Hero decommitted from Wisconsin. His quote this week was, this is going to make some people mad. I was one of the ones who advised him to not go to Wisconsin with the talent that he has. Can you imagine the face of your college basketball program at the time? While he's still in school, this happened. And he's negatively recruiting five-star in-state talent away from the school that he goes to. I, I mean, I, I, if I was a Wisconsin fan, I would never utter the, word, the name Nigel Hayes positively ever again after this. Well... I wouldn't go so far. I think we're also a bit jaded. Uh, I would utter Nigel Hayes' name positively because he went to a Final Four, and I think he's leading the, or he leads all Wisconsin players ever in points. Uh, but that's not that's not the best because obviously the amount of players that Kentucky had on display in the bubble and also in the NBA Finals was nothing short of spectacular. And Tyler Hero was one of the big names, and it probably would have been uh, better for Wisconsin recruiting had he been an alma mater, uh, or had Wisconsin been his alma mater. Well, yeah, I mean, how are you? I just don't understand. It's so, it's very, and what we know about Wisconsin, what I know about Wisconsin with my family all being from there, like Wisconsin is the school, the only school in the state. So it's all, everybody like Marquette. Well, well, I mean, like as a, I guess, football, yes. But I mean, it, it's a much bigger, bigger name than Marquette is across the state. Two and schools within the Titch Top 50, my friend. I that's true. Like that's that. true. But nobody, you know, people throw, I know this from firsthand experience. People throw huge grad parties when you get to into Wisconsin. They don't throw big grad parties when the other sibling gets into Marquette. I know that for a fact. So the it, the, the fact that like the best player on the team was was telling an in-state talent of that level to go elsewhere to like a, a major school, you know, not like he was recruited to Grand Canyon and the guy was like, well, maybe you should go somewhere else. It would be like, yeah, someone saying, oh, no, don't go to U of A. You should go play at NAU instead or something like that. Yeah, it's patently ridiculous. I can't believe a guy that was a leader on a team would um, actively angle against his team, especially when he was playing, as Sue mentioned, he was playing on great teams. Uh, you don't think Tyler Hero would be productive in that Bronson Koenig role right there, where it was kind of just like running the entire offense? Um, I, I don't know who else he would have overlapped with at that time, but probably uh, Ethan Happ, right? Ethan Happ, the Mr. Automatic in the paint right there. I mean, that team would have been nasty. So it's kind of strange for someone to do that. I'm just saying there's probably a reason why Nigel Hayes went out and broadcasted this because I think he has a great deal of equity in Madison in the sense that, like I said, all-time leading scorer 
someone fact check me on that. I mean, it's dumb. He should like he shouldn't have directed him away from from Wisconsin. But I wouldn't go so far as to say I would hate Nigel Hayes if this was like a Bronson Koenig or I don't know what of the, like a, a, a Duye Dukin or something who who did that. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why would you ever do that? Well, the worst part is those like those Wisconsin teams over the last couple of years have literally just needed like one more dude. And like an NBA player, for example, would have probably been a good guy in addition to that team. It's not like he was going to go to a school that was going to miss the tournament. They made exactly. the tournament with a team that was a bunch of, I, I don't want to say non-talented player, but non-NBA talented players. Hero would have been like the first or second option minimum on those teams. Probably would have gotten like 20 shots a game every game. I don't understand why looking at that and saying like, oh, well, he wouldn't have gotten an opportunity here or it's a waste of talent. Like what? He was going to be in school for one year to shoot 20 times a game. How would that have been a waste of his talent? So you know who the real silent assassin is there? It's not Greg Gard. It's Nigel Hayes. Actually, we need to ask a friend of the program, J.D. Wise, about this next time he's on the program. We'll have to get him back on. Um, all right, let's round it out with Where Am I and Hugs. Before we do that, want to remind you again that we're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel uh, and the bon- Barnburner Podcast Network. Shark, let's kick it to you for some hugs. You feeling friendly tonight? I am. Winston Tabs. You guys probably don't know that name, but Winston Tabs is a guard on the Boston College Eagles. The man has been injured for a long time, and he was finally cleared to resume activities and play this upcoming season, which the Boston College Eagles will make the tournament. That's been my big take this summer. They're going to make the tournament. They're going to bust through, and Tabs is going to be the best player. He was the best player as a true freshman. Um I still remember when I found out that he was going to be out for the remainder of the year. I was on the beach. It was bad news. Then we lost to Sacred Heart, and then the season ended, and then we found out that he was going to miss all of last season as well. And finally, he has recovered, uh, and BC should be dangerous next year with a backcourt of Winston Tabs and Jay Heath. Good hug. Taylor, any hugs for you? Um, I want to mention that a good hug to uh, Gonzaga and Iowa because they're putting together a matchup should be a matchup of two top five teams. We were talking about games on the last episode that uh, were coming up as big non-conference matchups. So happy that they got to put that together. So hug for them. But my main hug is another melancholy filled hug. And that's for the University of Marquette or Marquette University, I should say, and Jordan brand. We have described Marquette's jerseys as maybe our favorite in college basketball. And not two weeks after we made that statement, they are changing their jerseys this year, getting rid of the checkers, uh, like stripes down their side, multicolor, which is kind of, in my opinion, their calling card in terms of their look. So I'm a big jersey guy and uh, probably pay too much attention to what these guys are wearing. But uh, I'm not personally thrilled about that choice. So my hug goes to them. No, the aesthetics are crucial there, Taylor. And I think I had also tweeted about Kansas's new uniforms that are just complete ass. They need to go back to their saloon uh, era fonts. And I mean, Adidas just needs to do a much better job with Kansas, especially as one of the top five programs in, in all of college basketball. But disappointing there from Marquette, my hug is actually going to be for the barn guys. This has nothing to do with college basketball. It actually has everything to do with the MLB playoffs, the Chief, and also Slim, Big Braves fans feels like the 90s uh, all over again braves in the nfs nlcs excuse me and i think as we record this have a one to nothing series lead over the dodgers so hug for them and real quick before we do get out of here though i wanted to do a where am i where am i where am i 
where am I this week? Very on brand with Wichita State is Evan Wessel. You guys remember him? Oh, wow. Yes. Did Evan Wessel have any, any quotes about Greggy Marshall? I don't know. He was lights out shooter, though, when it mattered, too. Yeah, we actually, I, I want to know what his stance is on the, on the, uh, position here because that guy was tough as nails he would cover he would cover uh who who on kentucky you kept matching up with in kentucky in that game um off the harrison twin one of the harrison's right yeah i don't know but yes duran lamb maybe maybe duran lamb no no it was gone by then uh was it james young might have been no i want to feel like it was like jamal murray or something wessel was getting up in his let me pull this while you tell me where evan wessel is right now Evan Wessel currently is a financial advisor at Stoutheart Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, and he is in Wichita. Evan Wessel, I was doing a bit of research. I'm pretty sure he's like, or his family's like royalty in Wichita. His grandparents and his dad played at Wichita State. He's from Wichita. It's almost like the cars and being from Fresno, their royalty there. I don't know why I'm sort of shoehorning them in, but that's what Evan Wessel is up to. He is a financial advisor. Um, and you know what? It might be in, in poor, poor taste or maybe poor form, but I had the right mind to, I wanted to email him. I wanted to just say, you know, request a quote and be like, just kidding, Evan. Actually, we need to know who you guarded in that Kentucky game in, in uh, the NCAA tournament. Were you able to find that? Turns out um, the team I was thinking of, he was not on that team. And neither was Jamal Murray. It was Malik Monk was the one more recently. Um, give me a little bit more. I'm still in the trenches here. I mean, that's all I got on Evan Wessel. I was looking just, for a bit more. I tried getting a little bit more on his LinkedIn. Uh, but I got nothing. Um, there could be a, a coaching availability if he's still interested in coaching uh, right there in his hometown. Coming up soon, maybe within Are you the next me? couple of weeks or months. I don't know if, if fucking oh, 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 I thought, Greg well, Marshall just had gets fired. You oh, just had a reaction that nobody could see. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It, you just it had was... a reaction nobody could see. So I'm thinking you oh, were well, looking okay. at the ESPN sorry. bottom line. No, so, sorry. Here we go. Okay. I got Wessel. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I got Wessel. All right. So he played in the game when Wichita State was the one seed. Kentucky was the eight seed. This was in 2014. Uh, this Kentucky team was, you're correct, both Harrison Twins, James Young, Julius Randall, Willie Colley Stein. Wessel played that game three minutes, 0 for 2 from the free throw line, two personal fouls. So our take was just incredibly off. Mine was Actually, not. Was I said Harrison yeah, Twins. You know what? Maybe, yeah, you know what? I was off. Cut, maybe cut if, this part maybe, maybe if Greg Marshall uh, got off his ass and did a bit of coaching, they would have won that game instead of getting upset. Well, from the sounds of it, he might actually need to sit down more. It would probably be for his best benefit. Nice finish. Nice finish. All right. Thank you again for listening. We will catch you next time here on Theater in College Hoops.
sleeping Just eagerly wait It seems misleading Such far stretch But I mean every word I said When you slow down All the details spill out It's no accident Oh